Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. Here we are. We're still on Psalm 69 with my co-host, my friend, Stephanie Wesco. And uh, Stephanie, what's going on this morning? Well, hi, Doug. Um, what's going on? Still cold. Still cold here in Indiana. Um, How cold is it? Well, currently, when I look at my watch, it says 21 degrees, and that is actually warm compared to what it's been. So we're warming up. And that whole wind chill factor will mess you up. See, now, if you ask somebody that question in in New England, they would have an answer like it's colder than this or colder than that. And most of them I can't say, to be honest with you. So I'm going to leave it alone. But uh, (laughs) when I grew up in New England, when you say, how cold is it? They'd say, well, it's colder than. And you didn't want (laughs) to hear it. So let's just say it's colder than an Eskimo's igloo or something like that. That's a. Cleaner, yeah. uh, a cleaner way to clean up some of the way they used to say things. And uh, so, what's going on with the kids? Uh, so, I guess you, didn't you just tell me that Daniel's going to start working on getting his driver's license, huh? He is. Yep. He's. Um, I've taken him in to register for the classes right now. Um, all those driver drivers permit um, classes are online, which is kind of a blessing, actually. Um, he'll just be able to do those online. So, and then some dude comes over and picks him up and he does the car stuff. Is that what it is? I, yeah, he'll have to do drivers, the driver's ed side after he gets the online classes done. Wow. Yeah. You know, you're getting old when stuff like that happens. And, uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. That helped. Yeah, no, that's okay, man. That's all right. Hey, let it go. You're still younger than most of us listening today. So it's okay. And uh, you know what I'm thinking about right now? I think we have a segment that we usually do at this point. We do, yeah, and it's your turn for that segment. And how does that segment start off? Well, Doug, you might be a knucklehead if... And let me explain this. You might be a knucklehead if you take the rest of the Rice Krispie treats when you're at the end of a potluck dinner. Okay, so we're having a potluck dinner in Germany. Debbie made like three pans of Rice Krispie treats. Among Whoa. Debbie's favorite dishes are Rice Krispie treats. And, oh, amen. Uh, yeah, she always made them for us and uh, always does. But anyway, this woman went to our church and she had her stomach stapled and she was working on needing another stomach stapling. And we had a potluck dinner and there's like two of us in line behind her. That's all that's left. And I look over and there's about nine Rice Krispie treats left. And I said, you know, even old Big Bertha here is going to leave me at least one Rice Krispie treat. And of course, that wasn't her name. I'm just using that as that's what I was thinking of in my mind. She stacked those Rice Krispie treats one on top of another between her fingers and walked away with them. She took nine Rice Krispie treats. Folks, you may be a knucklehead if you're at a potluck dinner or a picnic and you take nine Rice Krispie treats. I just want to say right now, that's a, that's a nefarious attempt 
to ruin civilization. That right there proves to you that socialism can't work. That right there <laughs> proves to you that, man, she took all those rice, you know, I smelt Debbie, melt, uh, painstakingly melted marshmallow, putting the rice and the Krispies and, uh, uh, and uh, the marshmallow together. She's got good even ones. There was never any blank in Debbie. She pushed them down good, got the ear pockets out and stuff. This woman snagged nine of them. And That's she, traumatizing. Well, and, and that was just, you know, there's still a root of bitterness in me that I have to give to God, and I'm going to give that to him today. I, I was just thinking about that. But, folks, if you steal people's food in any way, this is proof that socialism can't work. If you're a food stealer, has anyone ever stole your food before? Doug, I have eight kids. Six of them are boys, and one of them is an Emmy. Yeah, you have no food to steal from. I mean, it's all, it's already gone. And, uh, yeah, and Debbie's food gets stolen. It was bad when the kids were younger. They'd always steal it from her. And I remember one time I called her up, and I was on the road back when she was home educating our kids, working at the Christian school so the kids could go to the Christian school down the road. And I was traveling, and she told me she had a half of whatever was left. They had went somewhere to eat Mexican food or something. She says, I think I'm going to go get that. She opened up the refrigerator, <laughs> and it was gone. Now she's given up over the years because we just all take it, and that's terrible. We shouldn't be food thieves. People should no longer be food thieves. You know, so that's all I want to say. And I, and I want to say something else. Just, you know, what's going on in this country right now with people without heat in Texas? Oh. Man, you know, listen, our hearts go out to you. It's been a few days. People yeah. are freezing out there. People are trying to do things. And, and uh, I think it's important that maybe people budget a, a, a generator these days. At some point, buy a generator for your home or something. That might be a good idea. It might be a good idea to have backup power somehow. I just think we can't trust people anymore. People stink, man. I, yeah. I told you, you know, and I've told our podcast listeners, and I, I hate tell, you know, I hate to start off negative like people stealing Rice Krispie treats and not having power, but that's why we're here. We're here for the practical side of things, you know. So you may want to consider getting yourself a generator. But listen, if you're cold, if it's still cold when you're hearing this, there's room for you. We can find somewhere to put you in our churches or something. So if you have to come up uh, north from where you're at or east or something, we'll take care of you. That's all we want to say. So anything you want to add, Stephanie, before we hop in? I know we got a big chunk of verses today, but we just want to tell you folks we love you. Though we don't understand what it's like to be a few days without power in the energy capital of the entire world, uh, we know you must be hurting and feeling violated and all that, and we're praying for you. That's and, right. No, I, I just agree with you on that. Definitely, we've been praying for we, um, friends and family even that yeah. we have living in yeah. these areas. And most importantly, uh, once you get your power back and stuff, do not share your Rice Krispie treats for a while or people will let you down. All right, so here we are. We're at verse number 14. And, uh, you know, again, we started off with this psalm, Stephanie, and we find David given a metaphor of I'm drowning, the, what you said to me when you found out you had those tumors. Uh, I'm stuck in the mire. What you said, you've said you've been there on many occasions, and certainly Debbie and I have been there as we sit here. We won't lie to you. We've been in the mire before. And as we go and as we look at these things, we continue on. And and I I think that, you know, I think David, as he was dealing with this, 
he he's remember what he said my my kin, my kindred people my friends my family people my siblings uh, I've lost these because they've been ashamed of my relationship with God, basically. And, and again, I'm giving you the Doug version, and this isn't the inspired Word of God. This is just me summarizing things. But I think that's kind of what David was getting at there, and he's asking God to help him get through all those things. Remember he said he was weary of crying, Stephanie, and you said, yeah. hey, I've been there, man. I know what yeah. it's like to cry all the time. I'm weary. I just want to have a good day. I just want to smile. Uh, yeah. And, and can I tell you something else? I wanted to tell you this and I forgot to. You know what's great in what Rice Krispie Treats? What's that? M&M's. Debbie's, Debbie's, Debbie is vetoing that. But, I, I'm vetoing it too. But I've, I I've had M&M's and Rice Krispie Treats and I've had Fruit Loops in them. I've had Fruit Loop Treats. And let me go on record as saying Fruit Loop, loop Treats. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at the way I speak. Uh, it's bad enough you and Liberty talk about the way I sing. But anyway, anyway, uh, in Lucky Charms, add those magically delicious Lucky Charms inside of Rice Krispie Treats, and I'm here to tell you right now, there will be a new you. As a matter of fact, as soon as this is done, I'm going to buy Rice Krispie Treats with my bride, Debbie, uh, as soon as this is done. I need a Rice Krispie Treat for supper. And my weight continues to get out. I'm trying to stabilize. You know, I, I got what way too dieting. That is not a problem. I well, have. I exercise a lot. It's all vanity. But anyway, here we are. We're in verse. You had to go there. Yeah. You had to go there. Well, and it's talking about Rice Krispie Treats messed me up. Deliver me out of the mire. And in verse number 14. And folks, if you're there, remember to do what David's doing, which is call out to God. Seek God and ask to be delivered. Deliver me out of the mire. And let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. And it, Lord, get me out of this predicament I'm stuck in is what he's asking here, Stephanie. I wanted to stop for a minute just to say, we've been there, brethren. Sometimes we have to say this. Uh, yeah. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Hear me, O Lord, for thy love and kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. And hide not thy face from thy servant, and I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of thine enemy. Thou hast shown my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before thee. Reproach hath broken my heart. I am full of heaviness, and I looked for some to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table become a snare before them, that which should have been for their welfare. Let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened. Uh, that they see not, take their lions continually to shake, pour out thine indignation from them, and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. For they persecute him who has smitten, and they talk of the grief of those whom has wounded. In inquiry unto inquiry, inquiry, 
inquity, in iniquity unto iniquity, iniquity unto iniquity. I'm all right. You know, I said that three times and got it wrong. Inequity unto iniquity. Man, I am like, you might be a knucklehead if you're reading today. Add iniquity unto their iniquity and let them not come unto thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set up on high. Man, there's a lot going on there, Stephanie. The first thing that's going on is I can't speak. But <laughs> David's coming along here. And right away, right off the back, he's looking to be delivered again. I'm in the deep. I'm in the mire. I'm in a bad place. I'm stuck. And uh, have you been stuck before, Stephanie? Have you been deep? Yeah. Have you been in the mire? Yeah, me yeah. too. I think anyone who has been, anyone who's lived for any amount of time has been there. Um, this is this is where we are as humans living in a sin-cursed world. And the re one of the reasons I believe that God gave us psalms is so that we would know we're not losing our minds at those times when we're in the midst, you know, look at Job. When we're in the midst of a trial like Job was, Job had to have felt like he was in a level of quicksand that we can't begin to begin to even admit, admit. Now I can't even talk. Thanks. You messed me up now. Um, we I wasn't going to say, I wasn't going to say a word, but you took <laughs> it to a different level by striking at me and saying that I did it to you, but that's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not judging. Uh, I'm going to blame it on being cold. My tongue is now freezing. Um, There's a thermostat no, I, literally six feet from your head, I might point out. Yeah. It's computerized. Yeah. So I don't have the app on my phone to control it. And I don't want to bother the maintenance guy. So it's okay. You know, it's keeping my heart pumping. And so it's not a bad thing. Um, I just don't like cold weather. Um, but no, I, I see here um, David just being real and crying out to God in looking to him. And, you know, he, he was very open in verse 2 of he's sinking. And now in verse 14, he's crying out and saying, deliver me. And it's interesting that in the same verse, he says, let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. I think part of the reason that David was sinking or felt like he was in quicksand was because of who was involved in it. I was sinking deep in sand, far from the faithful shore. Love lifted me. That's yeah. the name of that song. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. Actually, that was one of the first songs Charles and I ever played together, just wow. like in church. I don't know why I remember that. I just do. Um, but no, I see him, you know, he, God even tells us why David was thinking. He doesn't leave us with well, why, the whys. He answers so many of those whys. Um, and yet David just cries out and says, Lord, I can't save myself. If he could have, he wouldn't have been crying out with such detail. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the, let the deep swallow me up and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Um, the way that David just makes these places that we have all been come alive. And, um, you know, I remember one of the first things I said to you was um, that I would like to dig a hole and bury myself. And I think David was there and he's asking God, don't let it happen, Lord. Don't let this pit 
that's been dug. Don't let it, don't let it eat me alive. The pit looks good when you're down, though. The pit looks like a good place to jump in, and it never yeah. is. Well, and I think um, it's important to realize that David is asking God to keep that pit from shutting her mouth upon him. And if you're in a place where you you won't recognize that you're in a pit, you're going to you're going to you're going to keep sinking. And you may not realize it, but you have to come to this place before you can have help, before God can help you, before others can help you, coming to the recognition like David had that you that you need help. Yeah, and get to that place, you, have you know. To cry out. Yeah, and David got to a place where he's saying, "Thou has known my approach and my shame, my dishonor, mine adversaries are all before thee. Reproach yeah. had broken my heart. I am full of heaviness." I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. Did you find friends and family, and you don't have to specify, that were not comforters that you thought would be when you were in your pit, when you were drowning? Yeah. Yeah. And I think so. I think if you found that, and I certainly have found that, that there are a lot of people listening to us today who found that. And, uh, uh, but love lifted me. And I, I, I just think... I just think, Stephanie, that, you know, as we talk about this and as we go through that, they gave me also gall for my meat. And, uh, and in my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. I don't know about you, but, you know, you can hand me a nice cold uh, spring water or Coca-Cola or pineapple. Pineapple soda is right with God. I just want to oh, point that out. Oh, it is. And, you know, yeah, the, overseas. oh, man, that stuff is good. But give me some of that. Don't give me the vinegar. Don't give me the bad stuff. And it says, let their eyes be darkened that they see not and make their loins continually to shake. What are someone's loins, Stephanie, when they say loin? What are they talking about? I think that's their inner being, their very soul, the very essence of who they are. Mm. And, um when I read through these verses, you know, it's, this goes exactly against everything in us um, that we would look at as um, from our Christian perspective. But I think what David's doing here in very picturesque terms, he says, pour out thine indignation upon them and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. In essence, to sum it up, he's saying, God, would you take care of these people? Because if I think on this too long, And, you know, I was, you know, when you're in a place where you are betrayed or hurt by those you love most or by those you would have thought you could have trust most, there is a hurt involved. David summed it up. Reproach hath broken my heart. I am full of heaviness. There is there is a broken heartedness that comes with betrayal or being turned on verbally physically, however, by someone that you trusted or loved that breaks you. And to come to that point of realization that David isn't trying to defend himself before those people. He's going before God and saying, God, you know, you know who they are, you know who I am. And we've seen this in other Psalms, but we know specifically who was involved in this based on verse eight. And Dave's saying, God, would you take care of them? 
Yeah. Would you, would you deal with them? Because that's not my job. And we're going to see where David stands before God and what he wants his life to be, no matter what is going on with these other people. But I think the important thing is um, here for me, when I look at this passage and I think through situations in, in life, um, of coming to that point of it's not about self-defense. It's not about justifying yourself. It's not about getting into um, discussions with those who hate you. I don't see anywhere here where David's getting into a discussion with um, his brethren or with his mother's children. He's going before God and pleading his cause with God as Job, you know, we look at Job when he talked about um, that there would be one that would plead for him with God. Mm. And David knows in this passage that it's in the Old Testament, but he knew that he had a God in heaven who would plead his cause. That's right. It's messianic. And I, I was going to say that and you beat me to the punch again. Good job. But no, I think that's the key here um, that I come away with from this, from this is, I mean, he gets very, he gets very graphic here, um, but he asked God to deal with them. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the bottom line for me is to come away saying, God, I'm broken. You know, he summed it up in verse 29, but I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, oh God, set me up on high. In other words, God, I'm broken. My, my heart is broken. I'm full of heaviness. I'm sinking. I cannot deliver myself. And, and I think it's even as Christians of coming back over and over and over and over of being willing, even as Christians, to come back to that 100, the same faith, that same dependence that we give to Jesus Christ for our salvation from sin, coming to that same place to come through a broken heart, to come through being wounded. Amen. Pour out thine indignation upon them and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their habitation be desolate and let none dwell in their tents, for they persecute him who thou hast smitten. And they talk to the grief of those whom thou hast wounded. Add inequity unto their inequity, and let them not come unto thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set up high. So I'm thinking, set up on high. I'm thinking, Stephanie, as we wrap up this thing and as we look at this thing, you know, David's really asking God to do some pretty tough things to these people. But, you know, sometimes we get there, don't we? Sometimes yeah. people hurt us so bad. and do. He's saying, I don't even want them to show up in the book of the righteous. I don't want them to be in heaven. Yeah. Another way to say it. They don't deserve that. Here on earth, they're messing me up. They're making things rougher than a night in jail. You know, I told you. Yeah. So I told Debbie yesterday we were driving. You know how your body gets sore? I told her, I said, baby, I said, uh, I'm beat up more than a 10-year-old Ford. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I think, I think David's beat up more than a 10-year-old Ford. I think he's rougher than a knight in jail and, uh, or a 10-year-old, any kind of car. I'm not picking on your car. I think, I think this is what's going on. I got to believe, I got to believe when you get to that place where the psalm begins, when you talk about being weary about crying, where you're asking God right out of the chute to save you. And all of a sudden you're at a place and you're pointing to these people that are hurting you so bad. They're hurting you so bad. You don't want them to go to heaven. 
You don't want them to have anything good to happen to them. And, and I think that there's a root of bitterness there in David. And I think even though this is all a negative juju, we knew coming in. Stephanie and I talked about this coming in. She mentioned this was going to be a lot of negative juju in this psalm on today's. But I think from this, we go to God and we ask him to save us and dig us out and all that. But at the same time, we want these other people to get right. Remember he mentioned earlier in the psalm, he didn't want to be a reproach to those people. And now we're back at the place where he's saying, man, I hope they don't even make the book of life. I mean, what are you thinking there? I mean, can we do this precatory thing with folks? I mean, what's your, what's your call? I, yeah. When we go to the New Testament, Jesus said, a new commandment have I given unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. Yeah. We're supposed to. Jesus has loved us. We're supposed to love one another. And does that mean that sin's okay? Does it mean you hang out with a, with a quote-unquote Christian abuser? I have been abused quite often by those who call themselves Christians, um, verbally, mentally, emotionally. No, I don't hang around with those people. Um, I have enough issues of my own to deal with. I don't need their trash to deal with, too. And so if that's if that's what they view our relationship um as being that I'm their punching bag verbally or um, however, then no, those aren't the people I'm going to hang around with. Do I hate them? Do I ask God to kill them? No. And coming to that point where Jesus said, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, pray for them that despitefully use you. And as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit of God living in us. And we never have to be in the place David was at the end of verse 20, where he says, um, he looked for comforters and I found none. We That's have sad. the Holy Spirit of God who is our comforter. Amen. He's with us 24 7. We David never... didn't have that, right? So That's David right. didn't have that. David didn't have the new commandment. But I think we have a responsibility to pray for these people. And, and I mean, there's some people out there, as Stephanie just said, that try to hurt you, that try to ruin you. You've seen people do it to me. I mean, people either love me or hate me. I've seen people do it to Stephanie. But here's the thing. We've got a choice to make today. And when we're when we're sinking, and I know Stephanie's looking up the song Love Lifted Me right now. And, oh, uh, I am. Is uh, that the song you want? Yeah, I think that's where we're going today. I think that was uh uh that was a good song. But I think folks, listen, if you're deep in that hole, if it feels like you're being flooded and stuff, you gotta come out. Don't stay there. Today's the day you stop and you get yourself a latte on the way to work. Today's the day you do something extra special for yourself. Today's the day you comb your hair a second time. Today's the day you just do those things you've been wanting to do. And and uh, today's the day you stop and get your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife uh, a gift or write a special note. You, you know, there's no extra cost than sending a text message that says, you're pretty great. So today's the day we pull ourselves out, holding God's hand, he yanks us out. And so with that, we're going to this song, Love Lifted Me. And Stephanie's going to sing that for us. And uh, I think that's a great song. It's one of my favorite. So as a first to our podcast, Stephanie has stepped in and stepped up to the piano there at her church. And she's going to do a special, actually, of that song, Love Lifted Me, while playing the piano. This is the first time that's ever been done on this podcast.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.